Good day to you, wherever you may be in the interwebs. I'm Jimmy Davis. This is the Moderate Podcast on Anchor.fm. Reminder to visit our website at www.themoderatepodcast.com. You can uh, subscribe there, and uh, hopefully you'll subscribe so you can get our future episodes automatically. We are available, of course, on Anchor. Um, also on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Podcast, Pocket, uh, excuse me, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast platform by using our RSS feed on the website. And uh, also, um, if you do listen to us or download the Anchor um, app through both app, the App Store and Google Play, uh, and Google Play. Um, you'll be able to leave audio comments for playback on future episodes. So you can go in there, record some audio, and if it's good, we will use it. Um, we want to get uh, listener comments on here because I want this this podcast to be not just about me, but also about our listeners. Um, it's a great uh, way to get your views heard, but of course we're going to edit them. We want to keep it clean. We want to keep our G rating here, or at least PG rating here. And uh, so uh, please keep it clean. Um, don't make me bleep out too much. I'll bleep out one word here or there. Um, at least I can edit it before I can get them, but uh, that's the bottom line. So, um, again, visit our website, www.themoderatepodcast.com. Well, uh, another big week. Uh, sorry it's been a few days since we've been off the air uh, or been on, on the air with podcasts, um, but we are back with a vengeance, and starting Monday, we should still be, we should be on, to be on a regular schedule. Um. You know, thinking about the show, and I've had a few days to reflect on what I'm going to talk about. I kind of already knew the subject matter, but the approach is what I've always what I've been thinking about a lot. And of course, um, you know, here I am, a straight white male, um, going to do a podcast episode on um, race in this country, and it's difficult for me to get up here and do that because obviously I have not lived an experience that many other people in this country have. And so I don't even want to begin to pretend that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this issue, but I'm going to attempt to anyway. And the reason this is, this may be a longer, a little longer episode than normal. I do have some audio clips to play tonight. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, I'm not ashamed of who I am. I was born the way I am, and I can't change that. And I wouldn't change that. I'm happy with who I am, and I think everybody should be. And so, but it is difficult to talk about this subject. And instead of maybe, I'll give my opinion a little bit, but mostly what I want to try to do is I want to try to explain, and not excuse, but explain why things are so complicated, um, maybe more complicated than they have been before. I think there's a bit of a perception problem out there when it comes to race, especially um, from the viewpoint of white people and thinking that they, you know, can comment on it and they do comment on it, doesn't, and they have the right to because this is America, you're allowed to do that. But also, it's just, again, it's a, it's a very difficult subject to discuss and to make sure that you're staying on the straight and narrow. I'm not talking about necessarily politically correct, but it's one thing to be factually correct or in, or inaccurate. 
and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence out there and a lot of anecdotal statements that people make. And I think that's part of the problem is there's this perception that race relations and we see these incidents happening out there that they're isolated. And there's also a perception out there that they're pervasive depending on your viewpoint. And I think what we do in most subjects, not just this one, but almost any political, social aspect, we, we put too much weight in our own experiences and based on our own actions and how we feel about things, we project things onto others. So if we feel that we're not racist, then you downplay the actual race, race problem in this country because you're not aware of it because you're like, I'm not a racist. And I think these incidents where people are racist are, is very um, isolated. But we don't really know that, right? I mean, we don't, at the end of the day, do we really, really know if that's the case or not? I don't know if it is. Well, all this started with, of course, the president. And I feel like I'm talking about the president every episode. And I'm trying not to do that, but it's just, you know, it's something that's out there. It's out there every day. Um, he makes it accessible. And it started with um, a comment that LeBron James made about um, the president when he was being interviewed by uh, Don Le CNN's Don Lemon. And I know that a, a lot of people um, may be listening just cringed at the, the fact that I'm going, that I'm mentioning Don Lemon and bringing anything that he says into this. Um, I think that's a mistake. I think you have to, um, you know, if you have opposing views to him, I think it's even more important that you listen to what they have to say because then maybe that gives you ammo to disagree with them on things. But let's start with what LeBron James um, said about Donald Trump in that interview with Don Lemon. Here we go. You know, we, we are in a position right now in America, more importantly, where this whole, this race thing is, is, is taking over, you know, and, and um, because, one, because I believe our president is kind of trying to divide us. For him to, um, like I said, use sports to kind of divide us is something I can't, I can't sit back and not and not say nothing. What would you say to the president if he's sitting right here? Uh, I would never sit across from him. You would never? You didn't want to talk to him? No. I said that across from Barack, though. Now, on that, that was a clip, actually, that Don Lemon had played back from that interview um, during a show, a subsequent show of his, after the president's tweet, tweet which we'll repeat it in just a moment. The point is, is that he said that the, the that last uh, little shot that he took at the president about wanting to meet with uh, Barack, referring obviously to president, former President Obama, um, would really get under the skin of the of the president. And by the way, when we're talking about this um, whole thing about how he's you know getting under you know how he gets how he hears these things and reacts. That to me is the ultimate in snowflakeism, isn't it? I mean, we talk about you know millenniums being snowflakes, but anytime anybody says anything bad about about him, he goes on the attack and he gets so offended by it, and he doesn't let you know these criticisms just roll off his back. So this is what 
um, the president said in reaction to this, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, John Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. By the way, the Mike comment was in refer reference to Michael Jordan because there's always this debate on... And by the way, we are forgetting about Kobe Bryant in this, this conversation. But, you know, LeBron versus Michael Jordan, right? And who's the GOAT? And... So obviously that's why he mate took the shot at him just like he took a shot at Trump saying, yeah, I'd sit, I wouldn't sit down with you, but I would sit down with Barack Obama. Um, which is, you know, you know, he's trying to be, you know, just taking a shot at him and stuff. And, you know, because the president has said a lot of different things and we know, and, we, and we're very well, well aware of that. So now that, you know, President Obama or President Trump, um, puts that tweet out. Um, He's calling Don Lemon the dumbest man on television. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't agree with Don Lemon um, necessarily on a lot of issues. Um, but the man is obviously an intelligent person. And there's a lot of back and forth on both sides, by the way. People calling President Trump a, Trump a buffoon and an idiot. Well, and just like they called you know George W. Bush an idiot, well... If they're so stupid, then why couldn't you beat them? Why couldn't you beat them in an election? You couldn't blame the Russians for beating, uh, for George Bush beating um, John Kerry, especially after, you know, him being a very vulnerable, beatable um, president after his first term. There was a lot of criticism being thrown his way, and still John Kerry couldn't beat him. There was obviously the dispute of him going against Al Gore. And that can be debated, you know, till you're blue in the the you're blue in the face. But the bottom line is, he became president. But then in 2004, they had another attempt to beat him, and they didn't beat him. So, you know, I I, I find it difficult to compare the intelligence of these people. Yet you can't figure out a way to beat them. So what does that make you? If they're so stupid, what does that make you? Right. But people in general, on both sides again, saying that because they don't agree with them, they're automatically stupid. That's, I think, what more Trump, Donald Trump is saying. But Don Lemon obviously didn't take it that way because on his subsequent show, um, this is what he had to say about the president's tweet. American Americans as dumb is one of the oh. oldest... Let me try that again. Let's start it from the beginning. Referring to African Americans as dumb, remember, this is America... Referring to African Americans as dumb is one of the oldest canards of America's racist past and present that black people are of inferior intelligence. Again, he's referring to a single person, or at least two people in this case, both Don Lemon and LeBron James, who is who are both African American. And Again, he's, re he's referring to individuals. And then he says he likes Mike, right? So, <clears throat> I'm trying to, trying to figure out where we went from him calling Don Lemon and LeBron James, neither of which are actually stupid people. They're just people he doesn't agree with. And we've gotten to the point where we call people we don't agree with stupid because their opinions are different than ours, right? That's where we are in this country.
um, he didn't refer to their race. And in the, in, that was about a nine-minute clip altogether. So I'm obviously taking snippets of it. And what Don Lemon said right before that was that he, that he has called some white people stupid. But then he went on to say that calling African, African Americans dumb is one of the oldest you know, tricks in the book, basically, um, for racists. I mean, that might be true. But to take, because he called, I mean, so what are we saying? That no white person can call an African American person dumb? If they do, that automatically makes them racist? That seems to be a broad blanket. Because there are stupid people of every race and gender out there. There are plenty of stupid um, straight white men out there. There is no doubt about that. I think there's there's very intelligent people in every race. There's very stupid people in every race. I don't think race has anything has any um, correlation to their intelligence. I don't. I don't believe that's the case. One iota. We're all born with the same brain sizes, or at least you know, in proportion to each other. And I think we we all have the ability to use them. How we choose to use them is up to us. So the bottom line is, I think that Don Lemon was taking it way out of proportion to say, to suggest in that particular statement, again, that particular statement, that Donald Trump was being racist. Because he's basically calling Don Lemon and uh, LeBron James stupid. Um, now, it's up for debate whether the president is racist based on other things you put it into context, and I guess that's more what he's saying. But taking that one single statement and equating that to being him being racist is, um, I think, a bit of a stretch. You know, I think if you look at it over a period of time, and again, I believe that's what Don Lemon was trying to do, um, maybe you could make that argument, but I definitely wouldn't make it based on that one statement, especially since... Um, a lot of people think, you know, speaking of stupid, there's a lot of people that think um, Kanye West is not exactly the um, beacon of intelligence out there. And yet Donald Trump um, just today said this on Twitter, thank you to Conway, Conway, uh, Kanye West and the fact that <clears throat> he is willing to tell the truth. One gr new and great fact, African-American unemployment is the lowest ever recorded in the history of our country. So honored by this. Thank you, Kanye, for your support. It is making a big difference. Well, a lot of people pointed out in their um, re replies, and by the way, reading replies to the president's tweets is classic. Um, a lot of them said, hey, that started under Obama. Um, it really was President Obama's policies, and you're you know it's just continuing on in your in in your presidency, but it don't take credit for what Barack Obama did for African American men. Right there in that statement, I didn't hear him say, taking credit for it. He said he's honored by this. I don't think that necessarily means he's taking credit for it. I think people are taking it that way, but I don't see it how that necessarily says that he's taking credit for it. And it is a fact that it's the lowest ever recorded in the history of our country. And why would he be bragging about that if he hated black people? Wouldn't he want more people out not working? But he's pointing it out because it's true. 
He's not necessarily taking credit for it. It is a fact. And he wants to keep it see he wants to see it keep going. How that's racist, I don't know. Now, <clears throat> of course, the reason the other reason this is a this is a big bigger story is because the NFL is starting this week, and we know how much the NFL, or at least Trump, went after NFL players. And the NFL basically kowtowed. A lot of people think that they kowtowed to the president. Basically, what they're doing is they're kowtowing to their um, their fan base, their customers. Um, not unlike how other companies, um, when they're com- you know, with the whole Papa John's thing, for example, um, Papa John um, makes a statement. He's saying it's taken out of context, but nonetheless, he's been punished for it. And people said, well, you know, unless you do something about this, we're going to boycott your store we're not gonna we're not going to buy your pizza so they took action they got rid of the guy because it was going to hurt their sales they fought they felt and so i don't see how that's any different than what the nfl is doing in terms of now i'm not equating to what the the actions of the players to what papa john said what i'm saying is is that if the employees of the company are hurting the product or because of something that they're doing that has nothing to do with the actual game itself, why does the employer not have the right to um, make them change course, make them not do what is causing people to be upset about it and telling them, hey, do that on your own time. Don't do it on my dime. Do it on your own time, right? It's like you don't have complete freedom of speech where you work, right? There are some restrictions. There's things you can't and can't say at your work. Freedom of speech is a government-protected right. It's not protected in necessarily in the workplace. Let me, let me give you an analogy. The First Amendment is followed up by the Second Amendment, correct? And what is the set Second um, what does the Second um, Amendment say? It's the right to bear arms, right? So people are saying that the president calling for these protests to stop um, is terrible, it should, it's not acceptable, um, and yet if I were to bring a gun to, let's say I worked at Target, and I would, and I wanted to bring a gun to work, and they said, "Hey, you're not allowed to carry a weapon while you're working." Well, it's my Second Amendment right to carry a gun. So, what are you telling me? Why can't Why can't I bring a gun to work? Well, we have policies that say that you can't do it, and we can. And if you're gonna, if you're going to refuse to follow our policies, we're gonna fire you. So, is it right that they can infringe on my right to bring a, a weapon to work because I have that right under the Constitution, right? But yet we want to argue that these players have the constitutional right to protest during the national anthem at a football game. Why is it that their constitutional rights need to be protected when they're working? And if I wanted to carry a gun to work, my constitutional rights are being protected. Because I'm sure a lot of the people that are saying that they have every right to do this and they should be able to freely express themselves during the national anthem, would also argue that I should not be allowed to bring a gun to work. Right? 
because they're con- they're both constitutionally protected. So why is one okay and not the other? <clears throat> now, having said that, let's see. We had uh, let's see what happened in the first night in the NFL on Thursday night. Um, of course, we had uh, wide receivers uh, Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson of the Miami Dolphins. They they knelt during this national anthem on Thursday. Um, the first um, this is the first week of the preseason for the NFL. We had Robert Quinn, a defensive end for the Dolphins, raise his fist. Um, defensive end Michael uh, Michael Bennett walked out of the tunnel as the anthem played and spent the anthem, anthem walking toward the bench. So. <clears throat> The NFL released a statement on the preseason protest that said, The NFL has been engaged in constructive discussions with the NFL Players Association regarding the anthem and issues of equality and social justice that are of concern to many Americans. While those discussions continue, the NFL has agreed to delay implementing or enforcing any club work rules that could result in players being disciplined for their conduct during the performance of the national anthem. The statement went on to say that the league's national anthem policy remained unchanged. It will continue to be played before each game, and all players and team staff on the field are expected to stand for the flag and the anthem. Those who choose not to stand must remain in the locker rooms. So this is one area where it's actually not too bad to have a, to have union representation, right? So you can work out a deal and see how this is going to work and everything, and um, you have a very, you know, have a, a high percentage of... Um, African-American players in um, the NFL. And so they're trying to stand up for their rights. And this is, the, this is the right course of action. You, you, you know, the NFL makes a policy, you know, unilaterally, these are the kind of things that a players, the players association is going to file a grievance on. So now they're working through the, the process to negotiate and figure out a compromise to make this work going forward. Because obviously they feel it's hurting their rating. It's hurting their, their product. And ultimately, it's going to hurt their bottom line. And if it hurts the bottom line, player, suffers, player salaries are going to suffer. And that's ultimately the argument they're going to make to the Players Association. They're going to counter that. The Players Association is going to counter that. That's absolutely not true. It's our right to do this. And the talks will go back and forth, and eventually they will come to a compromise. So, of course, President couldn't help himself. He gets involved with it. And he says, the NFL players are at it again, taking a knee when they should be standing proudly for the national anthem. Numerous players from different teams wanted to show their quote-unquote outrage as something that most of them are unable to define. They make a fortune doing what they love. Be happy. Be cool. It's a football football game that fans are paying so much money to watch and enjoy is no place to protest. Most of that money goes to the players anyway. Find another way to to protest. Stand proudly for your national anthem or be suspended without pay. Again, the president is a free citizen to say what he wants. The president is also held to a higher standard. And so when he says these things, it is construed that he's trying to um, stifle free speech. But again, it's none of his business. It's between the NFL, and the Players Association. That's it. Has nothing to do with the president. <coughs> he's not out there arresting ple- people. You know, he's not having the FBI or the CIA go in and investigate these players and arrest them for these actions because he can't do that. They do, have the pro- the, they do have the constitutional protection to do that. They cannot be prosecuted by the government 
for saying or doing these things. But one of the things he does say, which is, I think, probably not true, is he wanted to show their outrage at something that most of them are unable to define. I'll bet you a lot of these players can probably define it. Before they were rich and famous, I'm sure they felt they, they fought adversity and they fought some of these racial um, battles um, before all that fame came along. And because of that fame, they were maybe able to escape it. And some of them even still today, you know, if they're not recognized as a player, may still go through these kind of things. Um, you know, driving while black and those kind of those kind of issues. Um, which, again, I have enough black friends that have gone through it to know that it's real. I also know I have enough white friends that have done things and said things that lead me to believe that maybe racism is still a thing here in this country. I think it'd be disingenuous to say that it's been it's as bad as it ever has been. It's probably gotten a little bit worse. I think people are empowered. Maybe there are some people that are racist out there that are empowered by the president's statements. They're a little more bold about it, but now, but I certainly think, and then that's kind of made people more aware of it and, you know, more outspoken on the issue and then people react to it. And I think it's just kind of one of those things that has just gotten back and forth and maybe a little bit out of control lately. But one one more thing I wanted to, to play for you before we wrap this thing up, and hopefully, again, hopefully this has not been too long of a show for you. A New York Times, a, a newer to, a New York Times um, editor or writer, um, she said some things <laughs> that, um, uh, you, well, you can be the judge, all right? So they're saying that um, there were some these these tweets that that she made several years ago. Which, by the way, we also had some problems with some major league baseball players making some homophobic tweets. Um, you know, while they were teenagers, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago. And that's important to note um, when we talk about uh, why this is, you know, an issue. She said, she said things like, oh man, it kind of, it's kind of sick how much I enjoy, how much joy I get out of being cruel to old white men. <coughs> Guess this is, um, I should have mentioned who it is. It's, uh, Sarah Jong, um, of the New York Times, uh, made these, uh, these tweets several years ago. Um, she said, hashtag cancel white people. Now, these tweets were in response to, people making statements about black people, making people making statements about Jewish people, and she's just changing those statements to read white people. So indeed, if you're going after these things, you're probably taking them out of context. But that's why you don't do those things in the first place, right? She said, white people are only fit to live underground like groveling goblins. They have, they have stopped breeding and will all go extinct soon. I enjoy being cruel to old white women. So Don Lemon actually talked about this issue. And um, the question was asked, um, do you think it's racist? And Simone um, Sanders, who's a political commentator on um, CNN, um, this is her response uh, to, as to whether or not, and she's an African-American woman, um, this is a response to whether or not um, what Sarah Jong was saying was racist. Just I hate that word. Uh, use just I hate that word. Excuse me. Sorry. I'll start that again. Just I hate that word. Uh, you six are not racist. 
No, I don't think um, Sarah's tweets are racist. Look, first of all, I think that it's important to note that these tweets were dug up by a right wing. I'm not even. It's not even conservative. It was a right right wingers, people that identify with the white supremacist ideology, and they were taken out of context. Now that being said, I subscribe to the notion that I don't tweet, write, or email anything that I don't want splashed across the pages of the New Does York it Times. Matter who dug them up. I, th I know, but I, th I think it matters that it's selected. That's what I'm saying. And so some of the tweets are taken out of context. I think in Sarah's um, explanation, she noted that some of it was counter-trolling. Would I have written anything like that? Absolutely not. But it's not racist for this reason. Um, one... Uh, Don, race, racism, being racist, is not just prejudice, it's prejudice plus power. So one could argue that some of her tweets, even within context, um, it say, note that she has a prejudice perhaps against um, white men. But that, in fact, does not make her racist. Look, I'm not a big. So, again, is it racist or not for her to say those things? I think a lot of people would argue if. What the president said, you know, trying to kind of bringing things full circle. I think if if you can classify, I guess the I guess the bottom line is because straight white men are always the oppressors, and they've never been the oppressed. They could never, there could never be racist racism against them. There can be prejudice against them, <clears throat> but there can't be racism against them, and. Indeed, um, there was a blog um, that said that uh, the, the headline is, Dear White People, Your Dictionary Definition of Racism is Wrong. And again, it was kind of the same argument that racism really is prejudice plus power. Look, whether how we want to define things um, is up for debate. But the bottom line is, if that's the case, then let's say I apply to um, a job again, being a straight white man that's owned by an African-American, man or woman, doesn't matter. And they disqualify me based on the fact that I'm a white guy and they want a black person. Is that racism? Do I have a case? And I think as far as I know, that has not been tested in the court, but I believe the courts would say, no, that's perfectly acceptable. Um, because I'm not a protected class. When you talk about when you talk about discrimination um, in employment, you have to be in a protected class. So if it's age, it's over forty. If it's uh, gender, it's women or transgender. If it's sexual orientation, it's gay or lesbian. If it's race, it's non-white. So I don't fall into any of those categories. So therefore, someone can absolutely discriminate against me and can discriminate against me legally. So that's where we're at. There's a lot of people that are like, yeah, okay, because most of the time people are like that. You're not going to encounter that a lot. You're going to encounter, obviously, the, the laws are there to protect minorities, whether it's by, you know, and by the way, women are actually minority, they're the majority. Um, but they've always been the oppressed ones. So the minorities are the oppressed, um, are what those laws apply to. I'm no lawyer. I don't know if that's exactly the case, but it's my understanding um, that that could be the case. So the bottom line is, I don't know, you know if we got anything out of this show today, and I apologize if you didn't, but the bottom line is um, it's up to debate you know, whether racism is alive and well or not.
Um, I think there's a lot of people that would say unequivocally it is. And, but again, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth. I've gone, you know, from the camp of where I think some of these racism things, the racist things that do happen, they exist, but they're isolated incidents. And there's other parts of me that say maybe they're not. Um, but am I the one to judge that? According to a lot of people, I'm probably not. And I really couldn't judge whether something's racist or not because I'm not in the position. I've never been in the position to be discriminated against. I haven't. You know, I've gone for jobs where I've been, you know, young and I've been going against a lot older and more experienced people. Um, and people had a little bias against me because of my age, but that goes with the territory. I mean, you know, as you get older, you gain experience, you get, you gain life experience, you gain career experience. And that's a real, a very valuable and real thing. The thing I can't control is I can't control that I'm white. I can't control that I'm male and I can't control that I'm straight. That's going to be, you know, that there's a lot of people that would debate whether I can choose whether I'm gay or straight. Um, I, I am in the camp that you can't, but the bottom line is I think that the president and the way he approaches things has, I think, not necessarily brought, I don't think there's been a rise in people that are racist that maybe, you know, in 2015 weren't racist and all of a sudden because of President Trump, they are now, I think they always were. They just weren't as overt about it. They were very covert about it. They kept it to themselves. And now they've been emboldened to express those things. And I think that's what we're seeing more of, more than anything. It's also wrong to paint a broad brush of all the 62 million people that voted for President Trump. I not being one of them. I did not vote for Hillary Clinton either. Um, I think it's very... You're, you're kind of guilty of doing the same thing by painting a broad brush of all 62 million people that voted for President Trump in saying that they're all racists and they're all homophobic. There's a lot of people out there that voted for President Trump simply because he was not part of the establishment and they didn't want a career politician anymore. And that's when, when he said... When, Tr when Trump said that I could shoot somebody in the middle of Times Square and the people would still vote for me, a lot of that has to do with they didn't vote for Trump the person. They voted for the idea of having somebody that was never a politician come in to Washington and see what they would do. Was he the best pick to do that? I think we're finding that maybe not. There was probably other ones that would, be, would have been better. Maybe Ross Perot would have been the better test case. But then again, you never know. There might have been, you know, skeletons, skeletons in his closet too. But he didn't run during the internet age, so you, would, you will never know. Um, but anyway, that's enough of that. Thank you for joining us on the uh, Moderate Podcast today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll join us um, for future episodes. Um, remember, you can support our website um, at themoderatepodcast.com. Um, supporters will get a chance to... Uh, possibly co-host future podcasts so um, that'd be great again a reminder to download the app, anchor app if you want to leave audio comments you can get it on the app store and on google play and if you again if you like what you hear please subscribe to any one of the links they're all all the platforms that were available on are available um, via link on our website at uh, again the moderate podcast.com 
The uh, bumper music for our show is provided by Purple Planet. Visit www.purple-planet.com to get this this uh, audio that you're listening to and more. And again, until next time for the Moderate Podcast, I'm Jimmy Davis. Keep it real. Keep it real.